Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service, in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans, or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com, and we hope you enjoy this message. Our scripture this morning comes from Proverbs. It is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. The word of God for us, the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in all ways, for you are our rock and our ever-present Redeemer. Amen. When I wrote this sermon, it started out talking about losing one person, and we've got three. We had Howard pass away, who was up there in age, and we had Don's wife pass. I don't know how old she was. But Jerry passed. Jerry is my daughter's father-in-law. Jerry was 71 years old. Way too young, we say. When we think in terms of our own mortality and look around us and see criminal activity aside, although I don't know if we should exclude that necessarily, we see that people of all ages pass at different times, some very early we very often think to ourselves, the end is near. So what do we do? Well, we plan out bucket lists. We try to fit in everything that we didn't do when we had abundant time to do them. We convince ourselves that if we don't do these things, that some part of our life will be incomplete. Or even if we're not focused on the end of our life, then we're focused on that period of time that we believe will be near the end of our life, a thing we call retirement. We start to worry that we're not going to have enough resources to enjoy that retirement, forgetting that Scripture tells us that God will provide for the faithful. We get a knot in our stomach about saving for retirement, even though we're told by Scripture that God will provide, and even though we don't see anything in the Bible that discusses our conventional notion of what retirement is. You know, it's interesting to me that, that in the, even the investment firms that focus on individual retirement plans have come to grips with the fact of the juxtaposition of the bucket list and the retirement idea and are now suggesting in their ads that financial planning through those companies should no longer be restrained to retirement considerations, but instead should also focus on so you can live a life better while you're younger and presumably have the energy to do so but maybe not yet the resources to do so. All of these things, the bucket list, the retirement planning, all shout to me, let's do something because 
the end is near. And today's sermon title, please open the possibility that the scripture we just read uh, from Proverbs means and is referring to repent because the end is near. And let me say that our faith, our faith promotes not just a possibility, but the guarantee that if someone repents in their last hour, comes to Jesus in their last hour, on their deathbed, or as we saw with the criminal hanging on one side of Jesus at the crucifixion, who repented on the spot, if that happens, we are guaranteed to be saved. That seems a little dangerous, though, as none of us know when we might get run over by the bus. And as an aside, can we name a street in New Orleans, proverbial street, and put a bus on it so that we can tell people you might get run over by the proverbial bus? I just think it would be good. (laughs) Repent, the end is near. That kind of repenting is not too late to be saved, but it is a little too late for a lot of other things. In fact, today's sermon title is Repent, for the end is not near, because that's what today's scripture from Proverbs is speaking about. Now, most of us don't like to hear about the word repent. It has negative connotations, but here in Proverbs, when wisdom is telling us that we should repent, it's for the sake of offering us a great gift. Here, wisdom declares that God wants to pour out his thoughts and make known his wise teaching. Repent, wisdom says, so that God can give you more of himself. God has always desired to give us more of himself, to encourage us to have a humble posture and a contrite posture so that we can accept more of God. Jesus, all God, but who became fully man, came here so that we could receive more of God's wisdom and a new life. In essence, Jesus came to show us what God is like. However, we cannot receive God's thoughts and teachings and become more like him if we have not opened ourselves up to the recognition that we need God and acknowledge, as the scripture says, that we love our simple ways and that we behave like mockers who delight in mockery and fools who hate real knowledge or acknowledge that we push away the truth that is reflected in Jesus, supplanting that with whatever stories we may be fed during the day, whether it's from gossip or some media source or another. Let me ask you a question. Who said this? We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Who said that? Abraham Lincoln, 1863. This is not a new problem. Today's whole message really has to do with motivation because it's difficult to be motivated to want to admit wrongdoing to God and repent and really mean that you desire to change and not to recommit the same bad behavior if you have no sense of what's on the other side of that, if you have no sense of God's promises. You know, when we speak about introducing people to the church, 
in large part, that's the point of it, is to give the other person a strong sense of why it's important to be a follower and a member of the community because God promises to his followers that repentance of sin and stopping being so self-absorbed, God promises, he says, I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known my teachings. And that has got to be enticing to us to receive God's thoughts and teachings, especially when we acknowledge that most of everything that's wrong with our city and our country and our world are spiritual problems. The lack of the observance of the word of God and the teachings of Jesus. Today's scripture in Proverbs is not the only place that God promises to come closer to us if we repent. In fact, God provided a, a recipe for revival of an entire nation when he said in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, Scripture also states the corollary. In Revelation 2, Jesus says this to the Ephesians. He says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Before any of us can truly participate in a spiritual revival of our city, of our country, or of our world, we must first ask ourselves individually, am I personally revived? Am I a living, committed, on-fire believer for Jesus? Because if we're not, then we're part of the problem, not part of the solution. But we are Christians. We go to church a lot of weeks during the year. Here's what Jesus said to the Ephesians in that same section of Revelation right before the piece we just read. Jesus says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nonetheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Yikes. Because it's clear that the Ephesians weren't lazy. They were discerning and persevering believers. They were doing stuff that made a difference. But Jesus was saying, that's all great but we have a problem here. You have left your first love. Meaning that in spite of all of their activity, the Ephesians had lost that first passion when Jesus was the first priority. They still believed. They hadn't abandoned their faith, but they were spiritually insufficient. They were no longer on fire. Therefore, they were largely disconnected from God and the wisdom that God promises to us. And there, folks, is the motivation. This is not about the end being near where we realize that we've messed up and we want to make amends quickly before it's too late. The motivation is this. We see that we have time left on this earth. Some of us, a lot of time left. 
The motivation is to avoid wasting a single minute when we could be aligned with God and being provided his thoughts and his teachings, the stuff in which real revival is rooted. Changing to be like that, repenting and being truly close to God is daunting. But each of us truly knows how important it is and how good it would be. As we complain every day about the problems in the world around us and the feeling that we are helpless to change any of it. Don't repent because the end is near. Repent because all, all of your potential as a Christian, as a leader, as a brother, a sister, a friend, a parent, a grandparent, a citizen of this earth, all of that potential is untapped. And it's still all in front of you, waiting for you to arrive. Let us pray. Lord, as long as we have breath in our nostrils, Lord, it's never too late for us to come closer to you and to take on your knowledge and to use that knowledge for the betterment of mankind, to bring other people closer to you. Help us, Lord, never to forget that. Help us, Lord, not to be focused on the end, but today as a beginning of repenting and coming close to you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, and our Savior. Amen.